The Edinburgh charity Cyrenians work in a variety of ways with those who experience homelessness or who perhaps have mental health problems. They help people get back to independence with the right kind of support. That can be on their farm, in the Social Bite village or by learning at their cook school. Today we caught up with Ewan Aitken, the Chief Executive. He's pretty busy at the best of times, but right now the charity is working harder than ever, as you will hear. Good afternoon, Ewan. How are you doing, Phyllis? Well, I'm absolutely great. Thank you very much for joining us on our uh, podcast this afternoon. Um, you know, I just really wanted to get a feel for what Cyrenians, of which, of course, you're the chief executive, what Cyrenians are up to, um, at the, particularly at this time. I know you're up to a lot all of the time, uh, but I just wondered what, what you're doing uh, right now. You've got so many arms to Cyrenians, so maybe you could give us a wee snapshot first. Um, yeah, um, what am I up to? That's a question that's always got a slightly dubious um, answer at times, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's let's um we we kind of had to do um some fundamental thinking when this happened about uh four three four weeks ago we had to decide how do we keep supporting people and how do we keep our staff safe and and that that tension has driven everything that we've had to do we've done over the last few few weeks and it's it's one that we're constantly struggling with and we're not alone in that of course so we put as many services as we could remotely um we got uh. Um, as much technology in place so people could work from home and support people using video calls and um, all that kind of stuff uh, as quickly as possible. But we we also identified, uh, so that meant that all our services, one way or another, are still delivering some form of service and support. We we identified um, four areas for our life, what we call lifeline services. And these are the ones that doing it remotely is much more difficult, if not impossible. So our four communities, for example, um, which have about 40 people in them across the across the four of them. Um, uh, they still need to be supported, so we're still keeping them going. We've reduced the number of staff that are involved so that so that the number of staff, if somebody gets ill, we already have a structure that means that you're, you're, you're having to replace fewer staff. That's really challenging, but it's, it's, it's doable. Um, we're doing our outreach stuff. We're working with other organisations, supporting around about 120 people in hotels now that we're rough sweeping. Um, which is great, but there's um, a lot more can be happening. And I'm hearing there's about 25 new presentations of homelessness um, every day in the, in the care shelter and stuff. I mean, like by homeless, I mean rough sleeping type homelessness. Um, and so that that's a driver there. And then we're doing lots of stuff around food. We're shifting five tons of food a day um, out to our whole network of community organisations so they can do the, the, the last mile delivery, as it were. That's all in food parcels, but also in meals where we're, Yesterday we cooked six hundred meals, um, and oven ready, um, and in uh, containers out to go to a whole variety of people. So, lots going on, as you say. Um, but we have to pace ourselves as well. That's one of the other challenges we've got. Well, that's the difficulty, isn't it, at this time? Because none of us know how long it's going to be and how long we're going to all have to live a little bit like this um there's a couple of things came up uh, from from what you were saying you were mentioning your communities now i know a little about the communities because i've been out to for example your farm and various places so so tell me first of all about your communities where are they and what do they do 
So um, we have uh, two communities of young people who uh, have experienced or are experiencing homelessness, and they're designed to help young people go on a journey where they then feel able to 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 move on to uh, live themselves or in another support and accommodation. Um, and we do that by if you create a community where people are looking after each other, people learn to look after themselves. Um, and there's no limit to how long people can stay. Um, and they uh, um, and and in in that process of building community, they with with residential volunteers as well as staff, they go on a journey of change, which is which is their own journey. It's nobody else's. It's theirs. So we've got one on a farm in West Lothian, and one down in Leith. We have a small community of people who have uh, experienced mental health challenges, um, and that's in a flat in Leith. And they've come out of the Royal Edinburgh. Um, as one guy said to me, I've come, I've come at last to a place called home because the last six years my home has been a bed with a curtain around it, you know. And here I get mm. to choose my curtains and my duvet cover and when I eat and who I eat with, which is liberating. Mm. So there's that. And then we um, are contracted by Social Bite to um, to run the, the Social Bite Village out in Granton. So those are our four communities and they're still going and still going well, um, despite, uh, as you can imagine, some pretty challenging pressures where people are having to people who struggle with with managing rules and all those kinds of things um, at the best of times are having to manage the restrictions of lockdown and that that's a challenge absolutely and of course um the the rough sleepers that's quite an amazing statistic 25 new people coming forward each day who are rough sleeping in times like this that's a real worry that there are 25 new people every day um and you but you've sorry that um, mistake. it was in last week it was 25 people last oh i'm sorry in, week, week, in the like last week but, well even that i think it's an amazing yeah, yeah it's a huge number it's a huge number and i i've heard about this uh project where everybody is is now being given um a hotel room as it were to 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 sleep in so um do you think we are almost at the end of finding people who are on our streets or do you think there's still more? No, there's, there's, there's more. And what's really interesting is if you do the analysis, you know, some of those folk are becoming homeless because of the issues that, um, uh, that, this, that the lockdown has created. So it's the unintended consequences. Um, and mm -hmm. So more people in poverty, more people struggling with them. Uh, you know, the loss of a job, you know, not everybody's managed to get to the furlough scheme and some people have made redundant, um, huge more pressures in families and so on. People come to the end of prison uh, have just been released uh, um, a, 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 into, into homelessness and they're actually releasing more folk um, before the end of their sentences. Uh, people who had a work, an accommodation attached to their work. Um, it, it, it's... Uh, it, it, there are a whole number of reasons that are driving folk into this situation uh, that are a consequence. Mm -hmm. That's not to say the lockdown's wrong. Absolutely not. That's absolutely no. the right thing to do. But there are some downsides to this, even though it's the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I've heard about, uh, you know, the increase in um, domestic violence, oh, all yeah. that kind of thing. And that's yeah. that, that's us. Yeah, it is an unintended consequence and quite a worry too. Um, but really, I suppose um, where you, I mean, you, you've come to my mind very often, but in recent days, you've, you've uh, certainly, um, Cyrenians has been in conversation because I've been out to see 
some of the guys like the people at uh, Good Trees and the people down at the uh, Rainbow Downing uh, dry law who are helping distribute some of the food which um, you guys amass and you your food um, program or project is is really a a huge thing and that's done through fair share so um, and and what you're doing is you're reusing um, stuff which would have to come off supermarket shelves that's my understanding yes that's absolutely right so fair share normally deals with food that is is surplus i'm very clear that not waste it's surplus it would go to landfill because that's how it's dealt with, but it's perfectly good food. It's always in date. It's always, it's often fresh. There are lots of reasons for things becoming surplus um, from the overordered to the potato to the wrong place to the more ridiculous, like there was a spelling mistake in the Arab translation so they couldn't sell it, you know, those kinds of things. Very, very odd. That's a true story, by the way. Um, it really is. Comes of cereal where there was a spelling mistake in the Arab translation and so we got it. I don't really care. It tastes just the same. Um, but but actually, what's interesting is that we're doing something that we don't normally do, which is as well as taking um, food that's been donated, we're buying food. Although, interestingly, the day after the um, the lockdown was announced, we had a, about a dozen transit vans of restaurants who said, we're shutting down. Here's all our food. Um, so actually, yeah. we had tons of food to begin with. And, and that was obviously surplus for a different reason. Um, yes. but, but as I say, we're buying stuff at the moment as well. Um, we're able to buy the stuff that would have been sold to the restaurant. So this isn't food that would, be, that would have gone to supermarkets. It's it's a different food chain we're in. Um, but it's uh, it's all necessary stuff right now. Yeah. And you're then um, handing that on perhaps to people who are um, distributing free meals to a variety yeah. of people yeah. across yeah. the city for a variety of reasons. How can people help you you and how can people help the Cyrenians? Well, well, obviously, um, you, you would you'll not be surprised to say that one of the quickest and most effective ways is if they can make a donation, no matter how small, that will make a big difference because all of this is costing money. We've had to completely reprovision our services. We're, we're we're no longer to make any trading income, which is about ten percent of our total. And there's some contracts that are payment by results, so we're not getting we're not getting them um, either. So this is costing us money. I don't really care. We're going to do it anyway. Um, in the sense of, uh, you know, we're, I'm not going to stop doing it because of that. But if people can support that, it'd be great. We, we're also um, looking for volunteers and not just us, but those, those community groups you talk about. And um, they're the ones doing the delivery. We were we were about a partnership of about 130 community groups across Edinburgh and the southeast of Scotland. Uh, and they're the ones doing that delivery. So if there is a local group um, that you could volunteer with to help doing those deliveries so we can get more food out. Um, because we are able to build up and actually do more over the next few weeks, actually increase our capacity, then they'll be looking more and more for that frontline stuff as 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 well. Um, so those, those are just a couple of ways um, in which folk could um, could be of assistance. I, I, I would say the other thing that we are looking for, um, or maybe looking for, is um, is volunteer chefs. We've got a couple of guys just now, which means we can cook meals seven days a week, but we, we'd like to increase that as well. So if somebody likes to cook, then we could use you. That's actually reminded me, we haven't even mentioned that you had a cook school. And yeah. uh, that, is that being used well, for that, preparing? That's, what's, preparing? That's, that's what we're doing. We've turned that into a production kitchen, which is yeah, quite an art form because it's actually um, eight domestic stations. Um, I mean, it's, it's there, they yeah. are, but it's domestic stations. And that's what we're producing 600 meals of. Um, so it's quite, a, oh. quite an achievement, really. Right. Uh, oh, we'll have to put out a call then to uh, some professional chefs who are uh, perhaps not working in their 
their own restaurant kitchens and uh, ask them to get in touch with you. And of course, where people can get in touch is on sirenians.scot. That's your your website. You're also on Twitter and on Facebook. Right. And is your is your phone line manned at um, the moment? Yeah, we're we're able to we're able to access the me the, the messages um, remotely. Uh -huh. So if people leave okay. a message, we we pick up those messages every day because we can access it remotely. Okay, and the telephone number is 0131-475-2354. That's great. Yeah. Okay. That's fabulous. Ewan, thank you very much. I know your days are always very busy, so uh, off you go get back mm. to it. But thank you very Good much indeed for speaking with us. Real pleasure. Thanks a lot, fellas. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Reporter podcast. Listen out for more episodes coming soon.